everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. If you haven't gotten the chance to listen to the bonus episode on Philippians, I'd encourage you to do so now, as in it, we talked about how prosperous the city of Philippi and the Philippian church was. And if you listen to that episode, you might remember that Philippians is one of the only letters where we don't see much admonishment from Paul, just some precautionary warnings. But what would he need to warn them about? In today's chapter, we encounter an interpretive challenge. What does Paul mean when he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling? While I could spend our time together talking about verse 12, Marvin did an excellent job unpacking that verse in today's Devo, which you can access at jointhejourney.com. Now, if you've been around the church for a while, you've probably seen some tragic collapses of churches or the downfall of church leaders. And we might be left to assume that because the Philippians were in such a good spot, such a downfall could seem like a distant possibility, if it even was one. Which made me think of this idea. There's this idea that nobody actually knows how Rome, as prosperous as it was, fell, but one historian has something interesting to say about the fall of Rome, and his name is Will Durant. He said, A great civilization is not conquered from without, that is, from external forces or opponents. It's not conquered from them, until it has destroyed itself within. I'm going to read that again. A great civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself within. I wanted to share that quote because I think it helps frame up Paul's precautionary warnings to the church in Philippi that we read here in chapter 2. In essence, Paul warns the church about two things. First, at the end of chapter 1, he alluded to their opponents. These are the people who reject the gospel. And then in chapter 2, we find the second precautionary warning. What was it? Well, one commentator said this, There is a threat to the stability of the congregation due to the development of tensions and disunity within it. If Christians don't love and tolerate one another and find unity in the gospel, then the congregation will not be able to withstand the outside pressures, and people will lack support and fall away from it. So, what's Paul's precautionary warning here in chapter 2? He warns the church about internal divisions and disagreements. Typically, we see Paul encouraging believers to live peaceably with one another regardless of their cultural differences, but here in chapter 2, he's more concerned that selfish ambition or selfish goals, as we might call them, could infect the church so as to disrupt their unity. Because remember, a great civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself within. And I recognize that this is a local church. It's not Rome or any other great civilization, but I think that quote could ring true in this context. We're used to seeing Paul address the difficulties that arise when people of various cultures come together in a local congregation. But here in chapter 2, he's more concerned with the possibility of selfish ambition or selfish goals, regardless of culture, infecting the church, disrupting their unity. In the case of cultural differences, churches come to a place of harmony when they decide to outdo each other in showing honor and grow in their tolerance of or patience with one another. But here in chapter 2, we see that a local congregation finds unity and harmony when, as one commentator said, they are in agreement about how they should think and act. Paul's concern is that people should have a common goal in the renouncing of selfish and conceited attitudes— That's the common goal. That's what they should be thinking about. So he says, beginning in verse 3, 
Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, you've probably heard the word humility many times before, but some of us tend to think that humility means thinking less of ourselves. But that kind of thought process can spiral, leading the believer to a place where they feel worthless and hopeless. And that is not Paul's goal. Instead, he wants us to not think less of ourselves, but think about ourselves less and think about others more. Don't think less of yourself. Instead, think about yourself less. If the believer thinks that humility means think less of yourself, they can get to a place where they forget that they are an image bearer, to forget that they were bought with a price, and to forget that God has created them for a specific purpose. But on the contrary, in true humility, when we think about ourselves less, we take on a healthy heart posture in which we recognize that the world doesn't revolve around us. One commentator said, The popular idea that we should put ourselves first goes all the way back to the fall. Unsaved people in Paul's day did not view humility as a virtue any more than most people today do. Paul was not advocating an unrealistic view of life. He was not saying we should view everyone as better than ourselves in every way. His point was that we should view others as worthy of more consideration than we give ourselves. The point isn't that we are assigning different values to other people or to different people. The topic at hand in chapter 2 isn't concerned with who we think to be more or less valuable, but rather who we prioritize. That's verse 3. What's your perspective toward and priority in regard to other people? Or said differently, how do you view them? And in verse 4, as Dr. Constable said, Paul looks at how believers within the church should relate to one another. And the answer is simple. We should put them first. But just to be abundantly clear, Paul isn't going so far as to say we should neglect the care of ourselves entirely. Proverbs 27.12 says, Whoever sees danger hides himself, while the simple go on and suffer for it. It's important we notice that Paul said we should be concerned with not only our own interests, but also the interests of others. That word also is key. This isn't thinking less of ourselves or not thinking about ourselves at all, it's thinking about ourselves less, such that our local congregation would be marked by love for one another. We put others before ourselves. We think about them. We go out of our way to consider them. And this is easier for some of us than it is for others. Maybe you've been hurt by someone who had selfish goals, or maybe you've been following your selfish desires for weeks and need to repent. Maybe you're in a place where it's really hard to think about yourself less. God's heart isn't one of condemnation toward you, but instead love and grace and mercy. Each day is an opportunity to try again. As Marvin said in his Devo, we are to develop what's been deposited in us. God will allow circumstances in our lives that will require us to work out our salvation. We don't always get it right. But as Paul writes, we're able to see that because of Christ, we can rejoice regardless of our circumstances. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.